many of you uh, know Pastor Rod Aguilard. Uh, he needs no introduction to some of you. For others, uh, I'm going to give an introduction so that you can be better acquainted with him. We met uh, the Aguilards, at, it's over 10 years now, at Bethany World Prayer Center when we were doing the Principle of Twelve. And um, we came into contact with them, and there was just a, a, a great heart connection that took place. And through that, um, we have leaned on them as uh, counselors and encouragers, and he's my senior overseer with regards to inputting uh, my life and our lives, and uh, they've just been a blessing to us. He comes from the New Orleans area, not exactly New Orleans, it's Reserve in Laplace, Louisiana. I used to think Charleston was the hottest place on the face of the earth, but Laplace Reserve in the summertime is Gehenna. That's all I know, it's Gehenna. And uh, as a Cajun, he comes with a unique anointing. Now, he's pastored, I think, 40-plus years, probably more than that now, and uh, has built a great church, has since passed it off to his son and daughter-in-law, and now they travel the nation. Every week, he packs up his bags, and he's traveling somewhere uh, in prophetic. I think he has apostolic leanings, but as you will see, Pastor Rod moves in the prophetic as well. And so he's been loosed to do that. But I'm thrilled. It's been a while since we've had him here. So I'm, now that we're kind of in a, a final location and things are settling down, what better time to have Pastor Rod and Mary Aguilar come and input us. So brother, pastor, uh, we appreciate you being here. Can we put our hands together and honor the servant of the Lord, servants of the Lord, as they come and speak to us today? Thank you, Pastor Kevin. We love and appreciate you. Greetings from Southeast Louisiana, the sweet swamplands. I didn't realize how big my ears were until I looked at that. My Lord, what big ears you have. My children used to tell me that when they were little and I'd tuck them into bed at night and pray with them. They said, Dad, what, where do you get those big ears from? I said, it's so much better to hear you with. And so... Uh, I praise God for big ears. How many, how, how many of you like big ears? Anybody beside me? I've got used to, Mary said when we were younger, said, Rod, you ought to get them pinned back. It won't cost much, but I never did. So she's got what she, she's got what she's got. You That's be true. Satisfied. Your ears are little. You got yes. small ears. And all our five children took my ears, so yeah. they're glad. They all got bad ears, all little ears. I put on that, uh, Jason, went on that song, This Blood, and take a little Selah. How many appreciate the blood of Jesus? Yeah. Much more being justified by the blood, we shall be saved from the wrath which is to come. The blood declares us not guilty. The blood declares us righteous. In Jesus' name. You're feeding back somewhere. blood. Paid my way, the blood did. A debt's paid from the cross. The blood. My sins are gone. 
tries to hide his precious blood gave me life he breathed again in your defense thank you for the blood Jesus He's alive. Thank you, Jesus. He saves. Jesus. Somebody ought to worship him. In whom we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of our sins according to the riches of his grace. Thank God for the blood this morning. The blood has redeemed us. It set us free from the power of sin and Satan and selfishness. That's the blood. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Pour it out over here, Jesus. Cleanse all of us here today. Let the liquid blood flow here. I don't know about you, but I need the blood every day. Every day I need a fresh cleansing of the blood of Jesus. I have found I still have human flaws and faults, even though I'm redeemed. I still have a human nature. And I need the blood. I don't know about you, but I need help. In Jesus' name. Come down a little bit, Jason. Come down. Priscilla, I want you to come up here and join me. I'm not going to embarrass you. you just come down a little more. Priscilla greeted me when I, I came in with a great smile, and uh, I appreciated your greetings today, and I, I love you. Mary and I both love you. And uh, the Lord says, I'm getting ready to do something fresh in your life. I've anointed you with a gift of exhortation and encouragement to exhort people. The Lord said, I've raised you up as a cheerleader in the house to cheer others on. And you're going to finish strong this race. I'll call it the celestial race. You're going to finish strong. But more than that, you're going to help others finish strong. You're going to encourage others. It's a gift of encouragement and exhortation. Exhortation is a gift of the Holy Spirit to encourage others. You're going to go to them and say, we can do this. You can fight the good fight of faith. And you can win the day. You have grace to do this thing. You have grace to see the will, to be the will, and do the will. So, Father, we anoint her. We seal her as an encourager, as an exhort, as a cheerleader in the house to cheer others on. We need you. 
The body needs you. Come on, let's give Priscilla a clap off and leave. Isn't she wonderful? In Jesus' name. Uh, you know, you know, the first people that meet you in your local church and put on the face of life and love and joy, that, that says so much to people coming in that are visiting. Makes you feel comfortable. Makes you feel like, hey, this might be my home. And geez, I felt it right at home when you greeted me. It's so good to be back at Legacy. Amen. It's been a few years. It's been four years. I came in November. Of two, I, I went to the fair that night. Yeah, and it was cold and rainy, and no one showed up but us four. I think Beverly may have showed up, I think. I believe you're the only one that showed up. And, and the whole church stayed home. They were smart. <laughs> we, we froze. We froze. Uh, what we froze? Our toes off. We froze. <laughs> Yeah, Mary don't like cold weather, so uh, so it was different. And, uh, you, you can come down with it. Put the first slide up. I know we're having computer trouble, so let's try to work it. I'll be there in just a few minutes, the first slide, uh, just to help people to follow me. Well, we, we bring you greetings from the land of the raging Cajuns. Mary and I, I'm feeding back a little bit. Am I near a speaker? Just having trouble, technology, trouble. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. Uh, we're 14 carat Cajuns. She was an A-bear before I married her. That's, it's Hebert in Texas. That's where she came from, where she was living. But it's H silent in French. T is silent. There's an accent aigu on the E pronounced A, so it's A-bear. I married A-bear. And uh, she's a sweet bear, though. And... Uh, and so we're, we're 14 carat. We eat anything that wiggles in the water. Uh, we're not ignorant people. We're just backward people. We're, we're simple people. I have two friends just to illustrate how, how backward we are. And one of them's name is uh, Bigfoot Fontenot. And the other, other one's name is Treetop Thibodeau. Have you ever heard of them? They're very famous back home. And uh, Treetop sent uh, Bigfoot a exotic parrot for his birthday. Uh, and so he called him a couple of weeks later, said, do you like that parrot? He said, it was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> he said, you, Cajuns eat anything. We eat roadkill, you name it. And, uh, and he said, you ate that parrot? He said, yeah, I did. He said, it was delicious. He said, man, that was an exotic parrot. That parrot could even talk. Well, he said he should have said something. <laughs> and so, uh, but anyway, we're, we're different. We're different. So if you feel the difference today, it's true. We are different from you. And even though you're Southerners, this is the South, isn't it? South Carolina. But we appreciate being here. I, I uh, have a joy being here. My first visit was 2007. It's been 10 years ago, and I just want to let the people here, and I know there's some new people, I know there's a merger here, that, that I know them. I know them pretty good. I've been there when they've cried, I've been there when they've laughed, I've been with them through the storms of life, and I just want to tell all of you they're great hearts. Nothing wrong with their hearts, their minds might get a little messed up at times, <laughs> just like yours does, but they have great hearts. And uh, they're a dynamic duo. You have a, 
pastor, prophet, theologian over you, that's an unusual gifting. Then you have an excited, exhorted teacher at his side. And so you've got a double-barrel Holy Ghost shotgun coming at you. So that ought to stir you up for somebody to love people and love God when you have that kind of ministry. But I want to honor them today. Honor means to value someone, means to hold someone in high esteem. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 12 says, And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and over you in the Lord and admonish you, encourage you, instruct you, and correct you if need be. To esteem them very highly in life for their work's sake. And so honor means to esteem someone very highly. I esteem them very highly. And uh, I'd like for you to stand up, give the Lord a clap offering for this couple, to value them, to honor them, to thank God for them. In Jesus' name. Love you all. That's great. Uh, give, give, me, give me a book song. Give me worthy. He's worthy of it all. I write books. I'm, I'm, I'm backward, but I'm not ignorant. And uh, I wrote this book since I've been here. He's worthy of it all. I think it's on there. Worthy of it all. Yeah. Delivers some darkness, demons, and diseases. Uh, and I did 15 weeks on deliverance not long ago at a, at a special series of meetings. And so if I could double this book right now. I've had learned so much more about deliverance getting set free. And uh, so I, I may need to rewrite this book. But I brought some books here. Uh, this book is uh, going through the storms of life. I'm dealing with this today. The anchor holds. Naomi, I want to give this book to you. I just met you. You read? Do you read? Okay. I, I'm not trying to be funny, but some people don't read much. So I just want to give you that book. It's an honor of my daughter who tragically lost her life at the age of 44. And, and uh, if you're not in a storm, there's one coming. And so it's a, it's a great book. Then Marvis, Mary, and I have been in covenant for 58 years. 58 years we've been in covenant. She's my first wife. We're covenant. It means we're not looking. Isn't that great? So we're married forever. If I go before her, which may happen, she can't remarry. I tell him, why would you think I would want to after being married to you? So we're going to a lawyer to draw up a contract to make sure that doesn't happen. Because I've saved money for her to take care of her. I don't want my kids to have to. So I don't want no dude getting all that money. And I don't want to look over as a cloud of witnesses and look over and look at my bedroom and somebody else is sleeping in bed with her. I don't want that to happen. I said, Brother Rod, you carnal. Well, welcome to the world. Of course, I'm not being serious right now. We're not going to a lawyer. We're not going to draw up a contract. But we, we wrote a book. I wrote the book, but it's weak because she's involved in it. Uh, Ten Pillars for an Amazing Marriage. This is my, I published this last summer. Uh, that's my wife kissing my cheek. 
And if you can see my eyes, they're lit. They're actually lit up. She wanted to come here. I said, you can't do that for a book. You can't. That's too intimate to come here. So I made her come here. And, uh, and so it, it's really a, uh, you know, we've got 58 years in this book. We're very transparent, as you can see. We share our conflicts. We share our victories. We share our differences. It's all in here. I'm going to add two chapters to the book that I think I'm going to add. One will be in the corner of an attic. The Bible said it's better to be in the corner of the attic in a, in, in a home with a contentious woman. So every now and then, Mary and I have a disagreement. How many know you're still going to have disagreements in your marriage? I don't care if you're 86 years old. So I got an attic upstairs, my second bedroom, and I got a, a ladder that goes into the attic. And so if it gets a little rough, I just, in the corner of my attic, I got a kerosene lantern and a flashlight and a can of sardines and a Bible. So if things get rough, I just climb up the attic and I go in the corner and I open my sardines and I open the Bible. And then I stay up there until it gets quiet. Then once it gets quiet, I come back down. So that's going to be another chapter. And then another chapter I'm thinking about writing is, you're not my mama. <laughs> Just think about that for a minute. Now, she's my mama in that she comforts me, but she's not my mama in that she can correct me. That's a different thing. So, uh, and Mary likes to correct me. What, what do you call it? You don't call it correcting I, I say I'm your helpmate. I'm helping you. You know, he has a he has electric toothbrush, and when he brushes his teeth, I tell him sort of keep your mouth around it. He opens his mouth and he lets it fly, and it gets all over the bathroom mirror. It drives me crazy. What's wrong with that? And then he put so he put puts powder in his socks. I don't use that anymore. He quit, but he would walk on my hardwood my floors, and I'd have so white feet powder. print all over the bedroom upstairs. I mean, I'm trying to help him, you but, know? But, you know, it, it, after you get corrected for a while, I just find it, I say, hey, you're not my mama. And just get used to it. Do you, you have a copy of this? Well, she said you needed a copy, so. I probably do. I probably do. I'm just having fun with the pastor right now. Uh, restart that song. Now, I'm going to get to the message in a minute, but I'm just having fun right now. Uh, I'd like uh, Pastor Fred and Jan to, to come up here near the front. I just met them. I knew of them, and y'all talk highly of them. You've been knowing him for 40 years, I think it is. and I just sense the pleasure of the Lord on both of you. He's not pleased with everything you do, but he's pleased with you. And uh, I have defined glory as God's manifest presence, his pleasure. And I accentuate pleasure and then his power. And I just want to, I feel the pleasure of the Lord. And that's the glory of God on me. And it's not over with. God's not finished with you all yet. In Jesus' name. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them from them all. I'm going to quote that scripture during the message that the anchor holds. And the Holy Spirit wants you to know that the anchor holds. 
in Jesus' name. What the enemy has meant for destruction, God will turn it for your edification in Jesus' name. And in the midst of setbacks and heartbreaks, the Holy Spirit does his greatest work on the inside of us. And so, Father, I release that anointing. I multiply in Jesus' name. Father, we multiply the anointing upon their life. Jan, I just see a prophetic edge on your life. Uh, there's a prophetic edge. Uh, there's an ability to see what God's saying. There's, a, there's an anointing of intercession upon your life to intercede. And, and God's getting you glory hungry. You're getting hungry for the glory of God. Because we're getting ready to move in. I've had five visions now in four years on God's glory coming to the church. But he's only coming to the church that are praying. He ain't coming where they're not crying out for it. And you're, you are an intercessor that's walking the wall and crying out for God to come. So, Father, we seal that spirit of intercession upon her to cry out for the glory of God in Jesus' name. What a precious couple. This is a precious couple. Love you, John. Love you. Been so generous of them taking your ministry in and a lot of the people here. How many are coming from that work that's merging together here as one body? Just let me see your hands. Quite a few here. Well, God strengthen you in this new hour. And God's getting ready to take this thing to a new level. I hear the roar of a jet airplane. And I'll be on one in about three hours, but it's another jet. It's one of heaven's jets. We love you, Jesus. Well, Marvis, why don't you greet the Southerners, South Carolinans. Well, it's always good to come and be with the people of Legacy. And, of course, now you're a merged church. And so we're happy to meet those that have merged with Legacy. And we're glad to be here with you all. We love Pastor Kevin and Tracy. We've walked with them through the storms of life. And they've walked through us with, in the storms of life. You know, we're all promised storms. None of us like them, do we? But storms come. But there's an end to every storm. If we look into the hills, where with cometh our help, our help cometh from the Lord. You know, one of my favorite scriptures in the Word of God is Galatians 6, 9. Do not grow weary in well-doing. If you don't faint or quit or give up, you are going to reap. And we are going to reap. You all, as a body, are going to reap. You can take back what the devil stole from you. And I believe that's going to happen. When I drove into the parking lot, I just felt something rise up in me and said, what the devil has stole, it will be taken back. I believe that. I believe that y'all are going to... Uh, grow out of this building and go over into the front building. I believe that with all my heart. We claim that. We claim it for this body in Jesus' name. You know, the enemy tries to knock us out of the kingdom of God. That's his purpose. He comes to us through discouragement, through heartache, through the trials of life, through distractions. But, you know, we have to get our eyes back on the Lord because that's where our help comes from. And, you know, in our own lives, I have been saved for 55 years, and when I got saved 55 55 years ago. She's getting old now. I'm old. I am old. No, you're not. You're getting, you're getting I, I am running for the Lord. Yeah, you I look am. Old. You look yes, young. I, you know, there are three types of people in the body. There's quitters, and we all know, those of us that have pastored and been in the body uh, long, there are people that come to know God and they quit. 
There's campers. There's people that just camp out. They just hang around the body and they don't do much. And then there's climbers. And there are people that climb and they do something for the kingdom of God. And I declare today that legacy is going to climb. And you are going to do something for the kingdom of God. You are going to claim back what the devil stole. You are going to reap in Jesus' name. It is going to happen. So look into the hills from which cometh your help and believe and it will happen in Jesus' name. I love y'all. Amen. Well, she's... She's hijacking my anointing. She's stealing my thunder, but I'm lightning. Uh, Pastor Fred, I want to give you and your wife this book, if I can, uh, on deliverance. I'm not saying you need it, but it's just a, it's, it's refreshing. Appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, I give more books away than I sell, I think, but it comes from my hunting fund. I used to say this is T.J. Maxx fund. And it would offend Mary. So you make people sound like I'm materialistic. She's not. She just likes sales. <laughs> She's always going to T-Jacks to get T.J. Jacks. T.J. Maxx and Marshalls. And Marshalls and Mary's. They changed the name T.J. Maxx on Veterans to T.J. Mary's because she goes there so much. <laughs> she went there not long ago and bought a $90 dress, and she paid 30 for it. So she came back all excited because she loves sales. All you women like that, you know, like sales. And she said, Ron, I, I, look at this, $90 for 30 I saved you $60. I said, you did? She said, yeah. I said, well, give it to me. I want to put it in the savings account. Oh, no, 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 you don't understand. I said, I understand you spent $30. End of the story. <laughs> so... Uh, I'm going here. The anchor holds. Uh, and I know it holds. I've been here enough through enough storms. I want to make two upfront comments as I get into the message. How many know we're living in some desperate and uncertain times? Our nation is very divided and very dark. And only God can make America great again. Now, I voted for Donald Trump, but he can't make America great. Only God can. And unless there's a move of God in America, and there's, there's one coming, I believe, that's the key to our survival and to bring unity back to America. And so that's where my faith is at. And some of you today are, going, are in a storm or you in a hard place, and, uh, and you're looking for an anchor that holds. So I've come today as a messenger of hope to tell you that the anchor holds and that a better day is coming in Jesus' name. I'm turning to Romans chapter 15, 13. Uh, just hold that up there. The anchor holds. I'll be there in just a minute. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy. Do I need to keep the mic away from me? Keep from feeding back. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Ghost. Hope is an outworking of faith. Faith is in the heart. With the heart a man believeth unto righteousness. With his mouth confession is made unto salvation. Faith is in the heart, but hope is in the mind. Out of faith in the heart comes hope in the mind. Hope always sees a better day. Hope always says the worst is behind me and the best is before me in Jesus' name. Hope says that my weeping will return, will turn into 
to rejoicing. Hope says this bitter thing is going to turn sweet eventually. It's coming. This day of adversity will turn into a day of prosperity. That's the voice of hope. Mary said, there's an end to every storm. Hope says there's an end to every storm. Mary and I have been through enough storms to sink five Titanics, but we're still standing, we're still serving, we're still shouting in Jesus' name. There's no trial that God's grace cannot match, and he will win the day if you'll trust him. Hope says this, in spite of the raging sea, the anchor holds. Give me the song, The Anchor Holds. Uh, Jason? Hebrews 6.18 says that by two unchangeable things, which it is impossible. Well, I got to back up. I got the scripture written out right here. He'll come back in Jesus' name. Well, it, I'm going to take it off my, my word. I got the picture of what's up there. Two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. We who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope that's set before us. This hope we have is an anchor of our soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, one which enters beyond the veil. So today we're going to cast out the anchor of hope. We're going to cast it beyond the veil where Jesus is He's beyond the veil, and we're going to lock into the rock, and we're going to trust him through the storms. There's no storm that God's grace cannot match. Give me some more volume on that song. Anchor holes. That song was written in 1992. That's been a few years back. My pastor wrote this song. It was called his year of sorrow. Have you ever had a year of sorrow? If you never had a year of sorrow, I'm not being negative, but there's one coming. We're not living in heaven. We're living on planet earth. And we're living in enemy territory. This is not heaven. And there's much resistance on the way. Resistance tells you that you're on the right road. That year of sorrow, his dad had died. He had personal health issues. And as a pastor, he was on burnout, discouraged 19 years of ministry and didn't seem to have much success, what he thought was success. What we think is success is not always what God thinks is success. And I want to say this up front. My legacy is not my numbers. My legacy is the sons and daughters I leave behind in the faith. That's my legacy. 1992, his wife had a third miscarriage, and he held his son, 14 weeks old, in his hand. And, and it says in the song that I, I have had visions, I've had dreams, I've even held him in my hand, talking about his son. But I never knew that they would slip right through. 
like there were only grains of sand. I don't know if you ever lost a child. I have. It's like sand going through your hand. But the anchor holds. That's the good news. Don't care what it looks like. Don't care what it feels like. I'm telling you, if you'll cast this anchor of hope beyond the veil and lock into the rock, it's going to hold. Come hell or come high water, let demons scream, the anchor holds in Jesus' name. Give me more volume on the song. So out of the storm of suffering, he wrote this song. A little more volume. In the night. Face the storms of life. That's where God proved his love to me. It's in the storm. Thank God for the anchors. The seat of the righteous shall be delivered. That's an anchor. Mary and I cast that out on an often basis. We lock into the rock. We got 23, now 24 grand, another one coming. We got 23 grandchildren. And not all of them are doing great in the Lord. But the anchor holds. My righteousness is unto my seed seed. He's promised me two generations. We call them by name last night. Call them by name. We cast the anchor out. We locked it into the rock and reminded God of his promises. The anchor holds. So the hound dog of heaven is going to tree every one of them eventually in Jesus' name. And marvelous, before you and I leave this life, we're going to see all of them, not some of them, all of them, serving the Lord with full hearts in Jesus' name. Why? Because the anchor holds. The anchor holds in spite of the storm. Give me the next slide if we can get it. It's okay, then I'm going to give you the first anchor truth if you want to write this down. The, the, the slide would help you, but it's not, it's not, it's not like we're, we're finished preaching. <laughs> I can flow like pastor too, you know. He's so smooth. He flows so well. We're Cajuns. We kind of rough and rugged. You up here, y'all a little bit smoother than us, but we, we, we like both. I like the rugged and the rough. I, I, I say, Mary, I'm such a gentle leader. He said, you are with other people. Isn't that right, Mary? He said, pastor me like you pastor everybody else. Uh, I said, oh, I'm just a leader. Yeah, but you're a little rough. You call me rough. But, you know, I'm Tarzan, you're Jane. That's another chapter I'm adding to the book. The first anchor truth is that the storms of life are certain. Just because you're in the midst of one does not mean you're out of the will of God. You may, be, you may never be more in the will of God than you were in the middle of a storm. I don't like that, Pastor. I tell you, that's just the way it is. 
Jesus promised you the storms. I don't know if I want this promise. John 16, 33. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have setbacks. You're going to have heartbreaks. You're going to have pressures. You're going to have problems. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. He said, I have overcome the world. I have deprived him of his power to conquer you. I said earlier, no trial that God's grace cannot match. Corey Tent Boone said, there's no pit so deep that Jesus is not deeper. The anchor holds. At the same breath, the storms of life are sudden. Tell me when you get it back, if you do get it back. You're not, it's not coming back. Okay. Well, that's still the first anchor truth. God's storms are certain, and God's storms are sudden. Suddenly, he comes. I'm in Mark chapter 4, verse 35. On the same day when the eve had come, Jesus said to them, Let's cross over to the other side, the other side of the Sea of Galilee. When they had left the multitude, they took him, Jesus, along in the boat as he was, and another little boats were also with him. Sounds like a bunch of Cajuns. I'm going to get ready to go down fishing in the mouth of the river, and I'm taking another boat with me to haul all the Cajuns. And we were going to load up on fish until we got no room to load. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was now filled. Another translation said, And a fierce storm of wind of hurricane proportions arose, and the, weave, the waves kept beating into the boat and so that it was becoming filled. I've been here. You ever been here? Where it looks like your boat was going to go under? Looks like... You've it almost looks like your life is over with. You've been there. If you've never been there, that day's coming. Arose. That, ver that word means suddenly, out of the blue. I've been out of the mouth of Mississippi, out in the Gulf, and we're out there fishing, and out of nowhere, this squall comes suddenly out of nowhere, and we've got to rush to get in to beat the storm back. So out of nowhere, oh, now out of nowhere, the storm will come. It may be fair weather today, but on the song, again, the anchor holds. Fair weather. I mean, in fair weather, you're either going into a storm, you're coming out of the storm, you're in the middle of a storm, or you're in the fair weather. How many in fair weather today? Anybody? About three of us. We're, we're, we're in partly cloudy weather. Yeah, Mary and I. We're, we, we've been through a major storm not long ago, and now we're coming out of it. So it's partly cloudy to sunny. But I, I tell you what, tomorrow may be a full-fledged storm. My 44-year-old daughter was bipolar Mary, you don't mind me saying this. Down her family line is a bipolar curse. Lynn got bitter at her husband, and that curse, came, curse cannot come without a cause. You know. And she never came out of that relationship with her husband. And uh, 
When she'd get depressed, she'd come home to daddy. That's where she found her comfort with her daddy. Of course, we'd all, the kids say, Dad, don't take her back. Bipolar people all over the map. And then I'll never forget. I could tell when she was going down. Have you ever been around a bipolar person? Maybe somebody in here that the Holy Spirit's speaking to. I could see it in her eyes. I said, Lynn, you're coming down, aren't you? She said, yeah, Daddy. It was her deepest and darkest time of depression. I spent hours, hours ministering to her. I spent more time with Lynn and all my other four kids put together. But I'd do it again. And she was a hairdresser, and she was divorced. She was living in our cottage, and she was coming out of it. We had hope. She was coming out of that storm called deep depression. I don't know if you've ever been depressed. I've had a little touch of it back in the Baptist days when things were just going backwards for me. And, uh, but she was getting better. We had hope, didn't we, Mary? We had great hope. And uh, it snowed five inches in South Louisiana. That's, that's supernatural almost. And we were teaching in a black church that day and we're coming home. And Lynn called me that morning and said, Dad, I'm very nervous. I said, Lynn, when I get back, we'll go get some more medication to help you more. Last time I ever heard a voice. And she went, did three haircuts that day. And uh, Angel, my youngest daughter, said, Dad, she brought Braden, who was born out of wedlock, to her, and he's a grandson. We love him. And said, Daddy, she looked good. She was smiling. And somewhere between the house, Angel's house, because she had an appointment waiting for her, something snapped. And uh, out of nowhere, my storm's come. I got home at 2 o'clock, and I, she had left a note. Jesus, please forgive me, and I love all of you. You can have a good heart and a messed up mind. And Mary screamed, Rod, she's hurt herself. And I ran to the cottage. She wasn't there, and I looked at the swim pool. She wasn't in there. I, ran, I knew she was in my room because when she'd get deeply depressed, she'd come lay by my bed by, on the floor by me just to be near me. And I ran up the stairs, and she had found my thirty-eight caliber. And right where she lay, she took her life. I thought the world had come to an end. Thank her hopes. I don't care what it looks like. 
That night, we watched them take her out in a body bag. And uh, I held Mary in my arms. So we laid that night. And fretfully, we just laid and prayed. And she said, Rod, my heart's about to burst. You know what I did? I took the anchor. And I cast it beyond the veil. And I locked it into the rock. What would you say? I said, help. All I said was, help. Help, Jesus. I look unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. And Mary, grace came. Help came. He healed us. And the day we buried her body, we worshiped the Lord. Because why? Because the anchor holds. God's grace is sufficient. I'm just hearing a word. Are you a couple or what? Or, and she said, well, you look so young. I'm going to speak a word to your mother. Is that all right? I'm going to speak a word to your mother. You don't mind? I'm just hearing this. Give me a little more volume. I, I like music when I share. I hear the day of new beginnings. Old things are passing away. Behold, everything's becoming new. And what the enemy has meant for your destruction, the Lord says, I'm returning for your edification. Things are going to get better. The worst has happened. Now the best is here. I'm hearing the word restoration. God's going to restore the years the canker worm and the caterpillar have stolen from you. I see joy coming. Joy unspeakable. Mary and I got so much joy. The sorrow has turned into joy. They're bedfellers. Paul said sorrowful but yet always rejoicing. So, Father, I release the anointing of joy upon her heart and her life, the anointing of restoration and grace. In Jesus' name. And you're young. You're still young. I'm old. You're young. The Lord told us after Lynn died, just keep going forward. Just keep pressing on. I said, Mary, let's take three months off and and let's have a sabbatical. He said, Rob, we can't. We'll die. We got to move forward. We did. And he did. I don't mean that. I'm not a sissy. I'm a killer, by the way. If it's brown, it's down. If it flies, it dies. I'll be, I'll be deer hunting soon. And uh, I'll be duck hunting and pig hunting. And whatever else. So I'm not a sissy. But I am touched. Give me a little more volume on that song just for a minute. I just want to listen to it. Many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them from them all. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you for your deliverance. Mary and I in about 15 states, and it's the same all over. Same storms, marital storms, storms with wayward sons and wayward daughters, same where, everywhere, mental storms, discouraging, chaos, confusion, fear storms, addiction storms. You name it, it's the same all over the United States and all the world. But thank God for his grace. And I got good news today. The storm breaker's here and the anchor holds. But you got to take the anchor. You got to take God's promises and you got to cast them beyond the veil and lock them into the rock. And when you do, the anchor's going to hold. You can come down now. I think this is the second anchor truth, and I'm in a hurry now. God is. God is. He that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is the reward of them that diligently seek him. God is. I saw a sign on Facebook. I'm, a, I'm not a Facebook addict, but I'm there. I, I do a lot of prophetic decrees on Facebook. Two great truths. God is, and you're not him. That's a hard lesson for most people to learn. Some of your setbacks and some of your heartbreaks are because you're trying to work it out. And God's trying to get you to stop and let him take over the, the wheel. Uh, give me uh, give me that song, uh, uh, When He Walks Into the Room. Jason, you're going to follow me. But God is. I got born again in 1968. Mary said I had four horns and two tails. I was, I was wicked. Wicked means very ungodly. And uh, I had been in a go-go joint the night before. You don't, you don't want to know what a go-go joint is. I was a production supervisor at Air Products and Chemical. I had a great job. But I stayed out all night and got in at daylight. Mary met me, said, I can't stay with you anymore. We had two children, and she left the house, and uh, I had to sleep out a hangover. You ever had a hangover? I don't like them. I hadn't had one in months. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's been since 68. <laughs> I'm trying to see if you're listening. And... Uh, I got in the bathtub, and the Holy Spirit came on me in a bathtub. No music, no morals, no merits. And he convicted me of my sin. And I was about to repent and ask God to take over. And uh, the Spirit of God held me up. And he, he, I could hear this in my spirit. The drinking has to go. The nightclubs. I love nightclubs. Nightclubs have to go. Gambling, I love to gamble. I love horse racing. It's got to go. And I, I hesitated because there's pleasure in sin. But then the kickback. And uh, my body was being destroyed. My finances were being destroyed. My marriage was being destroyed. And I said, it ain't worth it. And I used the same word I did 
in Lynn's death, I said, help, Lord. That's all I prayed. Bam, I got born again right there in the tub. And Mary came back. She had nowhere to go. Uh, she said, I said, Mary, go get your pastor. She said, I got, I got born again in the bathtub. She said, Rod, somebody slipped you a Mickey. The last time my pastor came, he offered him beer and cigarettes. I ain't calling my pastor. He was a, we, were, we were Baptists, and he was a good, good pastor. Thank God that God is. You see, that's an anchor truth. God is. Mary loves Hawaii. We, we're going there to preach in January, and she loves the beaches and the waters of Hawaii, the, the blue-green waters, I think. Caribbean's just as good. She argues with me, and that's another argument we have over the waters. But we're, we're not getting a divorce over it. <laughs> and, uh, but the beautiful waters of Hawaii says that God is. Majestic mountains of Denver, I've been there often, declares that God is. The beautiful change of leaves down the eastern coast, I don't know if you get that here. I've been there. We were in Vermont two years ago. Changeably beautiful. Declares to me that God is. The starry skies. The moonlight night. The comfort and sorrow. Tells me that God is. When druggers and drunkards and whores and whoremongers are getting saved. And we, Mary and I over CR in our local church. We do something during the week while we're in. We just can't stop. We can't do enough in our appreciation to serve him. And I'm watching them get saved. I'm watching them come out of darkness. Declares to me that God is. God's a miracle worker. In Jesus' name. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Father, that the anchor holds. I met this little redhead earlier. Is it Catherine? Yeah, I'm coming to you, so I'm not going to embarrass you. I just, I'm hearing this from heaven, and I'm not going to embarrass you about anything. But the Holy Spirit said, I'm hearing, I got my hand on you. The Lord says, my hand has never left you. I have never forsaken you. And the Lord says that you are a treasure in my pocket. God's getting ready to put you deep in his pocket. And I hear joys coming down the road. It's going to hit you like a Mack truck. You're not a bad girl. I want to say this. You're God's girl. I don't care what it looks like, feels like, smells like. You're his. He's got a plan. Mary, watch the scripture. Jeremiah. Mary. 2911. Lord said, I have a future. My thoughts toward you are not evil, but good. You know how many times I've fallen? A hundred times. But I just get back up. And the Lord forgives me and restores me. His thoughts toward you are good today. To give you a future and give you a hope. I hear he's going to train your brain. Your brain's going to get trained. I see more education coming. I see a career coming. I see a future coming. Because you're his. So, Father, we seal that. In Jesus' name.
And you're pretty on top of it. Like your mama. My girls are all beautiful. The one in heaven's beautiful. The pictures in that book, uh, Naomi, that I gave you, her pictures in the beginning. Did you see it? Wasn't she beautiful? And all my girls are beautiful, but look at me. Come up here, Mary. And look at her. And I just got to say this, beautiful women marry ugly men. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. Just look at the pastor and his wife. <laughs> no, I'm just, no, he's nice looking. And, and so are you, Brad. I don't care what your wife says. I think you're nice looking. And I'm heterosexual. And I shouldn't have said that, huh, Mary? Mary watches every word I say. She's, but she doesn't correct me. She completes me. In Jesus' name. You can come down. Just keep that song really low in the background. Uh, the third anchor truth is, uh, this is the third anchor truth. Jesus is the master of the storm. Devil don't rule. God rules. Devil rule, you'd have had 10 feet of water in here and all of you to drown. But you had eight inches, was it? Eight inches. So, Brad, your prayer, prayer worked. You didn't get 10 feet. You got eight inches. We got three feet. And so I have to believe that God controls the floodwaters. If the devil controlled it, all of South Carolina would be underwater. You, you understand what I'm saying? So God rules. He was asleep in the pillar in the midst of a raging storm. I'm quoting from uh, verse 38 of Mark chapter 4. How could he sleep in the midst of danger and death? Because he rules. He's the master of the storm. And he has the last word on everything. Ephesians 1.20 says, From the message, God raised Jesus from the dead and set him on a throne in deep heaven. One day you'll go there and you'll meet him in deep heaven. He's in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments. No name, no power is exempt from his rule. Not just for now, but forever, forever. He's in charge and has the final word on everything. Isn't that wonderful? The liberal press, CNN, doesn't have the final word on everything. Aren't you glad about that? My, my Lord Jesus, I don't watch much news anymore, not even Fox. Uh, progressive liberals and the globalists don't rule. I've shared this before. It's not the time for the globalist takeover. It's time for Pastor the Fourth Great Awakening. I call it the third, but you call it the fourth. So we're going to agree theologically. One's coming, whatever, the fourth, fifth, but one's coming in Jesus' name, and it's time for the harvest of the ages. The Democratic and Republican establishment don't rule. Aren't you glad of that? Oh, praise God. Iran doesn't rule. Neither does North Korea. God rules. So just relax in the river. God's in control of this thing in Jesus' name. And I believe North Korea is going to get taken out. But that's my thought. The fourth anchor truth, fourth anchor truth, is that you've got to face the storm. Uh, give me the anchor holes back, whatever song. I don't know what's up there now. Jason, just flow with me. Is, is the, you've got to face the storm. 
when I said, Mary, let's take three months sabbatical, I said, no, Rod, we can't. I said, we've got to go forward. What she said is we've got to face the storm. Can't let the storm take us down. And so uh, I may have shared this here before. I'm going to share it again. But you've got to face the storm. Great illustration is the parable of three birds. You ever hear of the parable of three birds? Give me a little more volume, Jason. My plane don't leave till uh, 3.30, so I'm not in a big hurry. So just relax. But I, I, I'm going to be closing in about 10 minutes. So if you're hungry, bite your fingernails. <laughs> An ostrich doesn't face the storm. Any ostriches in the house? An ostrich sticks his head in the ground thinking the storm's going to go by and not cause harm. Wrong move. When the ostrich sticks his head in the ground, he puts his buttocks, and there's no tails back here. They're all gone. The two tails, they're gone. And when the storm comes, it takes the ostrich by the buttocks and throws it over and breaks its neck, kills it. The chicken doesn't face the storm. Any chickens in the house? Do you know what chicken wire is? Are you, you familiar with chicken wire down here? Yeah, we, 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 we're, we're cages. We know about all this stuff. When the storm begins to come, the chicken goes, bawk, 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 and then she turns her buttocks to the storm, and the wind picks her up and throws her into the chicken wire, and she breaks her neck but not the eagle. How many eagles in the house? Brother Wally, I'm looking at you right now. It just caught me. You just caught me. Your look caught me. And the Lord said, I've given you the eyes of an eagle. I've given you the spirit of discernment, to discern evil and good, to pick it up. You're a watch guard over this house. You watch and you discern. The Lord has raised you up as an armor bearer to your pastor to protect him, to be at his side, to be at his back, and to cover him. And the Lord's given you a gentle heart in the midst of it. It's a pastoral anointing. I, I'm not saying you're a pastor, but there's an ability to love people and just serve people and not expect anything back. And the Lord's going to give you the desires of your heart. Jesus' name is coming. Were you so sweet? Does South Carolina have sweet flowers? Are there any sweet flowers around here? Well, never mind. Don't think. But you're, you're a sweet flower. And people just draw off of you. They draw from your anointing. They draw from your... you got a pastoral care. You're a comforter. You're a healer of the brokenhearted. You can heal. You've been through enough storms now to know how to heal. You've been healed over and over. And the Lord says now you're a healer in the body. I said today that I'm a messenger of hope. You are a messenger of hope to bring hope to people. So, Father, we anoint her as a messenger of hope. We anoint Wally as an eagle in the house to discern, to protect you pack you pack a pistol. You got a you got a permit to pack. 
get one in. We, we need to pack here, you know. We need to have a security guard. We, they got them all over my church. They men with packing. They better not, no one better not. I got one black guy that covers me. He, he's got a bulletproof vest on. I said, you guys are crazy down. Well, let us be. Let us be what we are. And he carries. And uh, anybody touches me, they're over with. He's a Marine. I'm telling you, they're over with. And let me hurry. The same guy came about 20 years ago, Mary. 30 years ago, he came packing because he heard his wife had got saved and that upset him. Then he heard that I was drawing people's titles to their homes. You know how those rumors get in their money and everything. He came packing, and if I'd have called for some kind of crazy money, he'd have shot me. He was ready to kill me. Now, the same guy that was ready to kill me now protects me from being killed. Isn't that wonderful? Until the fourth great awakening comes, you better, you better lock and load until it comes. And until the murder of the baby stop, there's no protection hardly anywhere. You see the Vegas killing? There's no, there's no line of protection anymore around our nation because the babies are not being protected, so no one else is being protected. The hedge of protection is down across our nation. It's not like God's trying to hurt us. He don't, he don't demonize anybody to kill. He's against it, but there's no protection that demons can take advantage of what's down. Are you with me? In Jesus' name. Oh, the eagle. The eagle. Uh, g- give me an eagle song. No, it's all right, Jason. Send the fire. Send the fire. He was looking all over for an eagle song. I'm sorry, Jason. Just take a pill when you get home. <laughs> uh, no, play. Let, let it rain. I drive a sound man crazy, <laughs> but I, I enjoy it. I enjoy doing this. Yeah, send the ring. That's an eagle song. When the eagle sees the storm, he flies to the cliff of the rock, and he looks into the storm, and he eyes. And he feels the wind currents as they begin to come. And when the wind currents get strong enough, he dives into the storm and he mounts his wing. And as he, they that wait upon the Lord shall mount up wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, walk and not faint. And what comes to destroy him as he mounts his wings begins to elevate him. And the first thing he knows, he's over the storm. And he's looking down and he... He's in victory, and he gives this eagle's cry of victory. Ah! Ah! It's the best I can do. How many eagles in the house? How many of you not given up? Don't care what it looks like, what it feels like, you can declare that the anchor holds. We're casting the anchor beyond the veil today in Jesus' name. The fifth anchor truth, and I'm closing, is... Uh, the power of agreement, fifth anchor truth, the power of agreement. Where two agree is touching anything, it shall be done by my Father who is in heaven. How many know we need each other? 
I need pastor and his wife. I really need them in my life. Such a joy to be here. They strengthen me when I'm around them. I need my wife. She's such a strength to me. I love you so much. Every morning she wakes up, I bring her coffee in bed. I'm boasting now. And two ice packs for her back. And, and when, when I bring that, she, she comes out of the covers and she reaches and she grabs me. I said, Rod, I love you very much. The older you get, the better it gets. It's something beyond, beyond explaining. The power of connection. We need each other. You, we need each other. You need to connect with people. You need to connect with warriors that know how to fight for you. Let the earth be glad, Jesus. I was flying to Yatskinville, to, to North Charlotte, North Carolina, on the way over there. I don't know where this cloud came from. You ever been there, all of a sudden a cloud comes over your mind, you don't know where it came from. It was like a, an oppression came, and it was an oppression came over me. And I turned to Mary about midway to Charlotte in the plane. I said, Mary, I got a cloud on me, and I don't know. I've been praying. I can't get out of it. And I got to preach tomorrow. We were sitting in Keith Palvansky the next morning as lead pastor. I said, Rod, keep praying. And she prayed over it, but the cloud stayed. Sunday morning, it was still there, and I preached through it. I preached in spite of it. That night, I'm connected. I'm connected with warriors. That night, it was still, I was still oppressed. Now, I wasn't in sin. I don't know. Just, just an attack of the enemy, just from nowhere. Suddenly, out of nowhere. Keith Tusi was there. Dan Palvansky was there at night, Keith. And I think the other guy, no, but the other brother from Ohio, Herbert or something like that. But anyway, I said, Ben, I, hey, you got to be real with people. The more real you are, the more help you can get. I said, guys, I'm in a cloud. I don't know how to come out. Would you please lay hands on me? I mean, all six, six hands or eight hands came on my head. Bam! The cloud dispersed immediately. By the power of the anointing, God broke. The anointing broke the yoke. I woke up that morning, getting ready to fly back. We were so full of joy. There's joy after the storm's over with. You know what I'm talking about. I had joy unspeakable and full of glory. Went to the Charlotte airport. Everybody I met, I was spreading joy to them. Prayed over the ticket lady. Remember the ticket lady? I prayed over her. and we were, Everywhere I'd go, I was spreading the, the good news with joy. People are looking for someone that has joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Mary, one thing we got, we got joy. And that's the spirit of evangelism. The power of, would you stand on your feet, please?